I want to ask you a simple question. See if you can figure out the answer. What is 750,000 miles long, reaches around the earth 30 times, and grows 20 miles longer each day? Do what? Nope. If you think spiritually, what are we talking about? That's the number of people who are without faith in Jesus Christ. 750,000 miles long, reaches around the earth 30 times, and grows 20 miles longer each day. I'm International Mission Board put out some facts kind of related to COVID and evangelism. I said there's been a great concern about getting the vaccine. I don't know if there's controversy about that because of 2 million people who have died of COVID this year. And yet they tell us that 155,937 people die without Christ every day. And that means that during the 12 months or so about COVID when we've been shut down, more than 56 million people probably have entered eternity without Christ. We're told that the population of the world is growing by 1.5 million people per week, while evangelical Christians only share the gospel an estimated 275,000 times. That's not each person sharing it. That, that total of about, say, all evangelical Christians, only about 275,000 of them are sharing the gospel. They go on to say something else about that, that unchurched Americans think that Christians are weird. But it might be not for the reason that you think about. It's because 57% of the unchurched, those who are lost, have no relationship with Christ, have no relationship with the church, wonder why Christian friends and neighbors never talk to them about spiritual matters, their soul, their eternity, and their relationship with Jesus Christ. I take that a little step farther and say to you that only 21% of active church-going Christians invited someone to church last year. You think about that. How many of you invited somebody to church in the last year? Or oh, since we opened. Well, we opened in June 21st. We reopened with that. We've been in a unit, a special unit here, talking about sharing Christ. We've been emphasizing who's your one. We started that back in the spring a year ago. We kind of got shut down and off track with that. So it's a great time to tie that together with the lessons in your life group about sharing Christ. So it's obvious that we continue with that thought today in the pulpit as we talk about that. And I think we simply need to understand that witnessing evangelism, whatever you want to call it, is telling people that they matter to God the Father. And it's the love of Christ is at work in our life, then it will be contagious. And so we come today to think about uh, our major purpose as Christ followers. And that is that we're to in infect others with the love, joy, peace, happiness, and fulfillment that we have found in Jesus Christ. And that should be evident in our life. And that's what the challenge will be to you today in your Bible studies for life lesson. You're going to be talking about live the message out of Colossians and then I'm going to deviate a little bit from that. And I'm not going to go to Colossians. I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians and we'll get there shortly. But let's deal with, I want to ask you and deal with three particular questions before we get to breaking down that passage of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians. 
And that is, why, why put all this emphasis upon sharing your faith? Why put all this emphasis upon witnessing? Why, why put this emphasis upon who's your one? You know, we've been challenged that maybe adopt three people that you're going to pray for. Minister to two of them in some kind of way. And then pray particularly for your one that you have an opportunity to share the gospel with him or with her. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about praying people to Christ. And we talked about it's so important that you talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. So why is it important that we do all of this? Well, if the opening illustration didn't stir your heart, you need to understand that, well, let me tell you, people are dying every day, lost in their sins, without Jesus Christ. And that means that they spend an eternity separated from God. Do you get the reason why? We need to be sharing our faith and telling others about Jesus Christ. Let me give you three reasons why, particularly then it might back this up before we break down 1, Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians. Number one is because God loves people. God loves people. Somewhere all this week that, that song has been reverberating right through my mind. God loves people more than anything. Right? God loves people more than anything. It's been there all week long. 2 Peter 3.9 says... The Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance. See, God loves people. He created us to have a loving, lasting relationship with him. He wants everyone to be saved. John 3, 16, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because God loves us people. He loves you. He loves your neighbors. He loves your friends. He loves your family. He loves the people you go to school with, the people you work with. And so we need to be involved in their life and sharing the gospel. Number two, we need to share the gospel because Jesus commands it of us. In Acts 1-8, as Jesus was preparing to make that magnificent ascension, and I think ascension day, this maybe is ascension day, a week or Sunday, but I think it was ascension day sometime during the week, that he gave that great statement to all those who were watching his ascent into heaven in Acts 1-8, when he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus commands it of us that we're to be his witnesses. And the third reason I would give you is because kingdom growth is God's will. You know, it's more than just talking about numbers being added, but God is concerned about numbers. Don't come with this pseudo-spiritual stuff to me. I've heard it so much through the years. God doesn't care about numbers, and I say, yes, he does. He cares about the number of hairs upon your head. How many apostles did Jesus have? Twelve. How do you know that? God, God wanted somebody to write it down. How many commandments do we have? How many? Ten. Why? How do you know that? Because it's written down. They counted. Ten. You know, there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. So don't, don't think that God's not concerned about numbers. Those numbers represent people. And God has a vision for kingdom growth. And he had his son Jesus Christ share that. With his disciples in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we need to hear it again. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now those three reasons, those three answers together tell us that God intends for us, his people, to be involved 
in sharing our faith and sharing Jesus Christ with those who do not know him. And so you're going to be focusing on a very powerful lesson out of Colossians. If you go over to the next book in the Bible, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote also to the church in Thessalonica. And the more I study this, this letter, I, the more, more I love it because how Paul describes them. And, and I love the fact that he says to them in, in verse 3, he describes them and their work by saying to them that we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are great words to commend the people there in Thessalonica with. But I want you to look then now beginning at verse 4 and go through verse 10 in, in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. It's because here's where we get our text for today about living the gospel message. So here we go. For you know, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, this is a church that lived out the gospel message from the very, very moment that they became a church. And we need to look at that. Their ministry was marked by faith, love, and hope. Work produced by faith. Labor prompted by love. And endurance inspired by hope. And you'll catch some words in here in the next few moments, hopefully, that will inspire you to be courageous, as was the church in Thessalonica, about living the gospel message and proclaiming the gospel message. What is it about this church that, that's so enticing and so exciting? Let me share three thoughts. Number one, they were confident in who they were. They were confident in who they were. I think a lot of times that all of us fail to take advantage of opportunities to share the gospel message of Christ simply because we are not confident in who we are. And we say it in different ways. I don't know enough about the Bible to explain it to somebody. I wouldn't have been able to answer questions that they want to ask of me. No, we don't feel that comfortable about that. We don't feel confident in who we are. Well, that shows two things. Number one, it shows that you, you need to develop your life in a deeper relationship with God. And number two, you need to, to come up with some answers to some of the questions that you might get asked. But let me tell you what's most important in sharing your faith in Christ. Share your experience with Jesus Christ. They might have questions about why God allows suffering. They might have questions about is there life on other planets out there. You know, and they can get sidetracked, and you get sidetracked on all of that. But they cannot deny what you have experienced in Jesus Christ. 
Look in verse 5 how Paul described these believers in Thessalonica, how they were confident in who they were. He says, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. See, when Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, these in Thessalonica heard it, believed it, and accepted it. They accepted the gospel in spite of affliction and opposition, and they were confident in their life in the gospel through Jesus Christ. The gospel came with power and the Holy Spirit with deep conviction. And verse 9 tells us that they came out of idol worship to Christ. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You see, when he talks about turn, that's the key elements in coming to faith in Christ. Is that you make a turn in your life. You turn away from sin. You confess that sin. You admit that sin. You acknowledge that sin. But you turn away from it. They made that turn in their life. They came out of idol worship. I mean real idols carved out of stone or metal or whatever it might be. We got a lot of idols that we have in our culture today. You're just not aware of it. For some of it's your car, your house, your second house, your boat, your motorcycle, you know, your job, your family, whatever it might be. Or you got fixated on sports of some sort and you got all kinds of idols. That's a neat catchy show titled in an American Idol. They play off of that. But these believers were confident in the gospel and confident in themselves because they turned from their sin and they came towards God. They were responding completely to the gospel, the Holy Spirit, and the power of conversion. They were confident in who they were. And we should be too because we are in Christ Jesus. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Number two, they were consistent in their lifestyle. This is really what ties into your lesson today about living the faith, living the message, being consistent with that. Look at verse 7. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Well, wouldn't that be great if somehow we could have some kind of affirmation upon the life of our church here at Spring Valley? That we are a model to all the churches out there about how to live and how to ring forth the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's the way it was in Thessalonica. They were young in their faith. But they were confident in their faith. And Paul says they were a model. They were a model to all the believers. In Macedonia and Achaia. Paul was telling them that they left an indelible impression on the world around them with the gospel message. It's the same thing that our culture needs today. It needs believers in Jesus Christ who are confident in their relationship with Christ. Confident in their salvation. Confident in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about conviction of sin and to usher in the, in the new life in Jesus Christ into their lives so that we boldly and confidently live that faith and share that faith. Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. That's why we got the boat and the cast net there for you to put these little cutout people here with initials and names of people that you've been praying for. I hope that you are doing that. Uh, I think it's been... 
uh, suggested, and by way of illustration, that if we're fishers of men, then every Christian is an ichthyologist. That's somebody who studies fish, right? An ichthyologist. And I believe that there are two similarities that, that fish, all fish share, besides living in water and breathing through gills. First of all, they don't have very good eyesight, and they can't see until they're close up on something. And number two, they don't have eyelids, so they can't close their eyes. So what's the implication for us in about sharing the faith? Well, number one, people will most likely see their need for salvation when someone gets close to them and demonstrates real Christian love. That's what we've been encouraging you to do. Talk to God about people, then talk to people about God when you've earned the right to get close to them and they know your life is a life consistent with the gospel. And then secondly, they are like these fish. They don't Their eyes are always open and watching to see if our faith is truly genuine and worthy of their attention. Why would somebody want to adopt the lifestyle of a believer if our lifestyle as believers was not consistent with the gospel message and not the way that the Bible tells us to live? That we're to be holy, God says, because I am holy. That's a great challenge to us. But we ought to reflect the nature and the character of of God in our life. We ought to be different. New Testament affirms over and over that we are a different people. We are a royal priesthood. We are living stones being built up into the house of God. We ought to be different than the culture. People talking about today, one of the buzzwords is, is counterculture today, right? Well, we need to do that. That, that, that began when Christ came. That was a countercultural movement. The countercultural movement we need is one that is willing to stand up in the darkness and lostness of this world and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to live a lifestyle worthy of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. We must be real and relevant if we're going to reach our culture. Third thing to remember. They were bold in communicating the gospel. In verse 8, I love this. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. He says, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. That's a powerful way to describe how they proclaimed and shared the gospel message, isn't it? The phrase rang out literally means to sound out like a trumpet or a thunder, and to reverberate like an echo. The verb that's used here is in the perfect passive tense, which tells us that the sounding forth that Paul is talking about occurred in the past, but yet it continues to have an impact in the future. And Paul uses that word to emphasize the prolonged effect of the echo and the sounding out of the gospel message from the witness and the voice of these Thessalonian believers. Interesting, that's the only place in the New Testament that word echo is used. You see, these Christian believers just naturally proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so should we. So should we. Now, if we live this message of the gospel, we will carry a desire to share the message of Christ. As we began going back into this unit of study and emphasizing who's your one, we provided in every life group uh, some material 
And we asked teachers and leaders of those life groups to, to email them if you weren't meeting. But we included such things as a bookmark where you could put it in your Bible for daily reading and mark off some scripture as you would pray. We also had in here for you for adults was a 30-day prayer guide. I think our students had a 20-day prayer guide or so, a 40, was it 20 or 40? 20, anyway, they had, they had one for the students as well for that. Then we put some, uh, how to find your one, put, a, put a, a sheet in there for you to help you with that. We're trying to do everything we can to help you become comfortable with the knowledge you have about Christ so that you will share Jesus Christ. If you don't have one of these, look for them in your life group class today. If you can't find one, ask Brian about that. He'll get that to you. Next week, we're also going to take you through, uh, we're going to do it together as a church in the worship time. We're going to take you through this three circles presentation of the gospel. You can have a card with that on it. It's an app you can put on your phone. You know, if you pray for opportunities and God brings an opportunity in your life, you're not without any kind of help. You're not without resources. You can put it on your phone. You know how to use your phone for coupons and for calling and texting and for everything else. You can use your phone as an evangelistic tool with the, with the three-circle presentation on it. We're going to go through that next Sunday as we share the faith. Now, uh, during the week, David Thompson with our, our, our prayer ministry has been, has been sending out all kinds of, of prayer helps and guides. Uh, you just got to pick and choose what you're going to use. Uh, but he also has sent to you every day a different aspect of how to pray for your one. Somebody who's far from God, somebody who's coming to, closer to him, somebody who's beginning to make that step, you know, uh, and that's important you look at that. He also sent out an attachment this week about, about how to boldly communicate, a prayer for boldly communicating the gospel. And I thought how relevant that is to the message for today and what you'll be hearing in your class. Passage of scripture that was attached to that is Proverbs 28.1. Listen to this. The, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. Think about that. Why can we be bold as a lion, as the righteous people? we got the Holy Spirit living in us. The Bible teaches us greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, right? Well, we have every right to be bold as we live our life. Now, I want to close by praying the prayer. Some of you might have opened that and looked at that prayer. I not only opened it, I signed up to get the rest of the prayers that come out. I was moved by that. And that's where I got the idea for the prayer for the graduates for the day as well. So I want to bow and listen to this prayer as we close. Father, I thank you for calling me to yourself and making me your child through what Jesus did for me on the cross. In him, I am now able to be called righteous, not for anything I have done, but because of his sacrifice. You have called us as believers to go into the world and make disciples of every nation. I ask that you give me a courage and boldness to share your truth and your gospel with those around me, whether it's online or with another person face to face. I pray that those you place in my path would see your great love for them 
in the truth that I share. In Jesus' name. Father, together as a church body, may we be confident in who we are in you. May we be bold in our lifestyle, consistently living for you and proclaiming the gospel. Father, may we be obedient to your command. May we do it out of a heart of compassion for those that we know and love who do not know and love you. Father, may we give our lives to you today in such a way that we will both be your bold witnesses in this culture. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.